Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning. I'm excited you're here with us. And as Daryl said, you guys are awesome for, for braving the snow. So uh, if you're probably like me, you're one of those ones that like likes to go drive in the snow. So I figured I'm going out anyways. I'm going to drive in it. Let's do church together too. And for those of you home on Facebook Live, man, we're so excited you're with us as well. But we are, we are week three of our series entitled, This Is Us. And what we've been doing for January and the beginning of the year is we're really taking a look at, at who we are. And take a look at who we are individually, take a look at who we are, even uh, digging into our family, and then also looking at who we are as a church as well. And again, we started off this series by really looking at some of our past, and we learned that for us to know who we are, we have to know where we've been. Then last week, we looked at what we do, and we talked about how our purpose really ties into our identity, and we were really challenged with the idea of living on purpose in everything we do. And then next week, I just want to share a little bit. Next week is going to be one of those Sundays that you don't want to miss. Because next week, what we're going to do is we're going to be sharing the vision of the church. Uh, I believe God's been doing some amazing things in this church and in the last four years. But really, I think we're just getting started. And I think 2019 is going to be a a stepping stone to, to really living out what God's called us to be as a church. And I'm excited for that. We're going to share a little bit about what we feel like God is telling us where we need to go and why we need to go that route as well. So make sure you're here. Mark your calendars for next week. Make sure you're here at one of the services. Again, 9 and 1030. And then if you haven't gone through our Discover class, again, after second service, after the 1030 service next week, jump in and go to Discover and become a part of where we're going. Become a part of who we are, right? Be able to say this is us together and jump in and become a part of that. And today what we're going to do though is we're going to talk about our beliefs. And today is one of those messages that is, again, it's incredibly important. And it's one of those messages that we actually go back to from time to time. That's one of those that you'll probably hear me speak over and over again and and just review because what we believe is incredibly important to who we are. And what we believe is is a part of our identity, right? Our values are really the core of who we are. Our beliefs are the core of who we are, and they play a factor in everything else we do. In fact, I'll even say it this way. What we believe determines how we behave. What we believe determines how we behave. And again, last week we talked about what we do. Right? We talked about the purpose and how we're supposed to live on purpose. But the core behind all of that, behind everything we do, is what we believe. Right? What we believe is really the why behind the what in life. What we believe is the driving force behind every action. Behind where we've been and behind where we're going. What we believe determines how we behave. I mean, think about it this way. How many of you drove or rode in a car to church today? That's everybody because, first of all, our church is in the middle of a cornfield, literally. There's nothing else around. And then not too many of you are probably going to be walking through the snow today. But think about this. When you got in your car, think about what what you believed about your car. For many of us, you believed that your key was going to start your car. So you actually grabbed your key from your keychain, from your purse, from your coat, or from someplace that you lost it, and then you yelled at your family beforehand to try to find your key, right? You went through this whole process to find your key because you believed something about that key. 
you believe that it would start your car. Now, some of you guys with newer cars, your belief was a little bit stronger. If your car's 15 years or older, your belief may have been a little bit weaker, right? But you believe something about that. And then when you started your car, maybe you had to clean it off first. But when you started your car, you put your car into drive or you put your car into reverse because you believe that whatever you gear, whatever gear you put it in, that's what gear you're going to go, right? It's going to actually take you the direction you're going to go, right? Your belief determines your behavior. And then you probably pushed on the gas pedal. And then when you push on the gas pedal, you believe that that was going to determine where you're going. It allowed you and it affected what you're doing. And then for some of us, there's some times we pushed on the brake today. Now, today's not one of those days we really believe that we're going to stop right away. So hopefully you remember that and you started to stop a little bit earlier, right? But you believe that. You believe that the road was going to be supported. You believe that when they said it was a level two today, that the roads would be somewhat cleared off. We were disappointed in that, but it was still fun. But there's some things that we believe, and that determines how we act. And again, the list can go on and on and on for all these things, right? All these things and all these things that we do, all the actions we make, they start based on a belief. Because what we believe determines how we behave. And again, this is a physical truth, but it's a spiritual truth as well, because our beliefs at are at the core of everything we do. And we see this, we see the spiritual truth in the New Testament when Paul is actually talking to Timothy and encouraging him with this truth in a book of 2 Timothy. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. And again, if you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app. Just an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. Now, the book of 2 Timothy, really what it is, it's a letter written to Timothy from Paul. And again, Paul is a guy who was first persecuting the early believers. He was first persecuting the early Christians, the early church. He was one that was out to destroy them. But then he was on the road to Damascus, a place where he was going to go persecute these Christians, and he had this encounter with Jesus. He had this encounter with Jesus that left him blinded. And then he goes, and then he ends up seeing Jesus, and then everything changed. His beliefs changed, so guess what? His actions changed as well. And because of that, you see many churches start. In fact, he planted so many churches that much of what started and what we hear today is all because of Paul and how he started these churches. And then he also began to write letters to these churches. Much of the New Testament is actually the letters that he wrote to these churches. And this passage of scripture is actually a portion of the letter that he wrote to one of his students, Timothy. Again, Timothy was a pastor in his like 30s or 40s at that time, but he had placed Paul as an authority figure in his life. He had placed Paul in an area of his life where he was allowed to gain input, and he was allowed to learn from him, which is actually a whole sermon topic in itself, the fact that he was teachable in that. Well, Paul was a mentor to Timothy and even this father figure, and Paul's here, he's encouraging Timothy to go back to his beliefs, to go back to the core of who he is and let everything stem from that. This is what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6-8. through 8. He says, for this reason, I remind you, to fan and to flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us, for the Spirit God gave us did not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord and of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Here's Paul, and he's telling Timothy to fan and deflame, which is what this means. It means to stir up the fire. Right, to rekindle that deep desire, right? To let what's deep down in you, let it come out. Dig behind the what and get to the why. Right? Go back to the beliefs. Beliefs that were actually taught directly to Timothy from Paul. 
through prayer and through laying on of hands. Again, here's this gift of God, which is actually the core of the belief. And the core of the belief that Paul's referring to for Timothy is the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Paul through Jesus, what, what Jesus can do and what Jesus can only do. What he's saying is he's saying, get back to the gospel. Rekindle your belief in the gospel. Stir up your desire for the gospel. Stir up your desire for the good news and let everything that you do, let every action, how you lead, how you teach, how you do all these things, let it stem from the gospel. Right? Let the core, let your beliefs determine your behavior. And when you go back to the gospel, it'll get you through everything else. See, what's incredible about this passage of scripture is the fact that Paul is actually encouraging Timothy while Paul himself is in prison. See, Paul had been held captive. And the truth is, sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, our beliefs can get us to places where we never imagined. And this is where Paul found himself when he's writing. But he's saying, go back to those core beliefs. See, sometimes standing up for our beliefs can sometimes cause us pain if we're honest. So Paul is encouraging Timothy to suffer for the gospel. Listen, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word suffer, it's not something I, I tend to like go navigate and magnet towards, right? It's something I usually want to try to stay away from. Like I'm not a big fan of suffering. But the truth is sometimes our belief can lead us to suffer. In fact, sometimes our belief are even stronger and made stronger through seasons of suffering. And this is what Paul's telling Timothy. He's saying, Go through the suffering and go back to the core and let it be the foundation for everything. And that foundation has to be Christ. Again, Jesus never promised an easy life, but he promised that he would be there with us. But the problem is, I think many times in our life, when it comes to our own beliefs, right, when it gets tough, I think many times what we do is we bail. We bail on where we feel like we're supposed to go, and sometimes we even bail on our beliefs. And here's what happens. This messes up our identity. This messes up who we are. Right? When we bail on our beliefs, when we bail the core of who we're supposed to be, what God's called us to be, it leaves us, going back to last week, feeling a lack of purpose. Right? Going back to the week before, it leaves us with parts of our past that we regret and feel shameful. And when we bail on our beliefs, what it does too, it leaves people around us with a lack of respect for us. See, we miss out. We miss out on what God wants to do through us. And we miss out on what God wants to do in us as well. For some of us, our behavior is really determined by our lack of beliefs. And because of it, we've gotten ourselves in a mess. Because sometimes our behavior isn't lined up with the gospel. That's where we found ourselves. But Paul tells us it doesn't have to be this way. He says you can go back to the gospel. And here's what's incredible about it. When we use the gospel, when we use who Jesus is as our core, when he's the foundation for everything, the spirit of God gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Instead of giving up, instead of cowering in fear, we can operate in power. And we can have this incredible knowledge of who we are. We can say with confidence, this is us. And here's how we do this. This is really what we need to do in our lives. Just like Paul told Timothy, what we need to do is fan into flame the gospel. Fan into flame the gospel. It's an action step that we need to put in place. There's some things that we need to rekindle in our lives. In fact, there's some things that should be non-negotiables in our lives. There's some things that we need to hold on to. There's some things that we can never 
compromise on. And they have to be the core of what stirs us into action as everything we do. Listen, for us as a church, our purpose is to love people into a growing relationship with Christ. To love people to life change. In order for us to do that, there's some things that we need to stick to. There's some things that are the core of who we are. There's some things that we won't budge on. Right? And just like Paul told Timothy, what that is, it's the gospel. And for us, there's five major components as a church that we are willing to suffer for, that we are not ashamed of, that we will never compromise on. Five beliefs that are really the foundation of who we are. It's what we believe. And this is the first one. Number one, we believe in God. As a church, we believe in God. Unless we challenge you to do the same. We believe in God. And understand this, we don't believe in just a God. Right? I think anybody can believe in a God, little g. Like it's that, That's not necessarily threatening to anybody. I mean, there's many different religions around. If you're a Muslim, they believe in, in a God. They believe in Allah. Right? If you're a Hindu, they believe in many gods. So really, they could, well, God could just be one of another million other gods. If you're a New Ager, they believe that actually you yourself are God. But as a Christian, as life changed church, the core that we hold on to is that we believe in the one true God and we believe in God, the Father. Right? So this morning, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to fan into flame the belief in God, the Father. And here's why. Because Jesus taught us this. Right? Jesus taught us that God is the one true God. Jesus taught us that God is God, the Father. So fan into flame that truth. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 9. It's an incredible passage of scripture. Really, it's a famous passage of scripture because it's the beginning to a, a verse that many of us know. It's the Lord's Prayer. But what Jesus is doing is he's teaching us how to address God. And he's teaching us who God is in this little chain. In this little passage of scripture, I think many times we just brush over this. But he says this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven. What's incredible is at this time when Jesus was saying this, he was allowing people, and he was allowing the Jewish culture at that time, they never addressed God as father before. And for them, it was just a religion. But Jesus is coming saying, you know what? It's more than just a religion. It's a relationship, and God is our father. And not only that, his name is hallowed. His name is holy. His name is sacred. His name is set apart, and we can call him father. We can have the lineage of who that is. Right? We believe in God, the father. Jesus was making a point of who God is and who God was. And this is why we believe this. And not only that, he's a good father as well. We believe that God is a good father. We believe God does one true God. He's God the father, but he's a good father. And I think many times it's hard for us to believe that because many of us, when we look at our personal lives, many of us, we might not have a great relationship with our father. There could be some things that hold us back. When we think of a father, there could be some things that push back. But listen, we believe that God is our father and that he's a good father as well. In fact, Jesus showed us this again in Matthew 7, 9 through 11, when he says this. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though, are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Listen, as a church, we believe in the one true God. We believe in God the Father, and we believe that he's a good father as well. And I want to challenge you to fan into play. That's one of those things that we will not budge on. It's something that you'll hear me say over and over again. Another thing we believe is that we believe in Jesus Christ. Right? We believe in Jesus Christ. The songs we sing about every single Sunday morning, we sing about the power of who Jesus truly is. 
I think we can agree on the fact that Jesus is the most impactful person that has ever lived. In fact, Jesus never wrote a book, never ran for office, never led an army, never even invented anything, yet he's still the most talked about. He's still the most revered person in the history, and this is by Christians and non-Christians alike. I mean, if you think about it, he's made an impact in the arts. Right? There's paintings, there's arts, there's music that are all about and designed around him. He's made an impact on the sciences. There's numerous hospitals named and based off of who he is. He's made an impact on society through orphanages. He's made an impact on education through the schools and through higher learning. You see all this revolving around him. And we believe in Jesus. We believe in Jesus. And this is what we believe. We believe he's the son of God. And more importantly, we believe that he's the proof that God loves us and that God exists. In John 1, 14, it says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. So if you've ever wondered if God loves you, you don't have to look any further than Jesus. I want to challenge you to fan the flame of that truth. Fan into flame that truth. Rekindle that fire of who Jesus truly is. He's God's love for you. He's God's love for your neighbor. He's God's love for your friend, for your coworker, for your family. That's who Jesus is. God sent Jesus to live a perfect life, to die on a cross, and to be risen again for each and every one of us. And we believe in Jesus. We believe Jesus did so many amazing things. In fact, he did so many amazing things that we can't even fathom them all. John 21, 25 says it this way. It says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have a room for the books that would be written. Listen, we believe in Jesus. And we all hold on to this. And then we also believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And this is why we believe in the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the promise that Jesus gave to each and every one of us. The promise to be our helper. And listen, as we say this, maybe you've experienced somebody that, that was weird with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you experienced some weirdness with the Holy Spirit. Let me just clarify. What you experienced was a weird person, right? You didn't experience the Holy Spirit in the correct way because the Holy Spirit is the promise that Jesus gave to every one of us. And help isn't weird. Help is something that each and every one of us need. Right? And we believe in the Holy Spirit because we need help. Every day, we need help. John 14, verses 16 through 17, and the verse 26 describes the Holy Spirit this way. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and is in you. And then verse 26, it says, but the advocate... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. So, we look at the Holy Spirit. You need to understand that the Holy Spirit, he is our helper. He's our advocate. Right? And we believe that he's our helper. We believe that he's our teacher. We believe that he's our empowered. We believe that he helps us to remember all that Jesus did, all that Jesus is, and all that Jesus can do for each and every one of us. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He counsels and he guides us through every situation. And he empowers us, again, not to dodge situations, but to get through the situation. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's some of us that we need to rekindle this truth. Right? Some of us, we may be in the middle of a storm right now. We may feel like Paul where he's in prison. And what we need is we need the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Many of us, we may be in a situation where, where our actions and our behaviors are reflecting our beliefs and we need to get back to it and we need to rekindle and fan into flame the belief of the Holy Spirit so that we can operate with power. We believe in the Holy Spirit and then we believe in the Bible. At Life Change Church, we believe in the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the verbally inspired word of God. Okay? We believe that the Bible is the perfect guide to everything we say and do. It's the living, breathing word of God. In fact, Paul writes to Timothy later in this same book, in the same letter that we're studying today in 2 Timothy 3.16. And he says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So we believe in the Bible. The Bible is the revelation from God to man, and it's used for teaching us. Listen, it's used for correcting us, and correcting isn't always easy. And there's some things in the Bible you may read and be like, oh, I don't like that. But it may be because we need to be corrected in that area. It may be because we need to be shown how to live correctly in that area. And that's what the Bible is. It's the guide to all we do. And again, it's more than just a book and a coffee tab. At coffee tables, more than just an icon on our phone. It's something that we actually have to open up and we actually have to use. Right? It should be active every single day. It should be an active part of our lives. Hebrews 4.12 says it this way. It says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So let's agree to believe in the Bible. Let's fan the flame of the Bible. And listen, this means this. It doesn't mean that we over-spiritualize everything in the Bible. It means that we actually study the Bible for what it is, look at the context of it, and then be able to go and relate it to who we are, what we're doing, and how to apply it to our lives. Let's believe in the Bible because the Bible has the power to move our thoughts and to develop our attitudes because it's God speaking to us. The Bible is God's perfect form of communication with us. But here's what we have to do. We have to open it. It's his exchange of feelings. It's his exchange of direction. But we have to open it. And this is why we push the Bible app every single day. Every single Sunday you see me and you hear me say, hey, download the Bible app. Listen, this is what I know about us. You're going to forget what I said most likely by the time you go to lunch today. Like, I'm just going to be honest. I forget it by Tuesday. I'll be honest. Right? You're going to forget it. But what's incredible is that we have a tool that we can go back to that teaches us how to live every single day and in every single moment, and we can open it up whenever, however, wherever we're at. But we have to open it. We believe in the Bible, and it's something that we hold on to. And it's something you'll hear me talk about every single Sunday. So fan into flame the belief of the Bible. And then we believe in salvation. We believe in salvation. And what salvation is, is the gospel. It is the good news. Right, we believe that we are saved through the powerful work of Jesus. Through the crucifixion and through the resurrection, we are saved. I say it every single Sunday that Jesus lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and was risen again because that's what we believe. We believe that Jesus died on a cross and was crucified, us, crucified for us, but he didn't stay in the grave. He conquered the grave. He conquered the grave by raising from the dead. Right, we believe that he was crucified in a gruesome way because the truth is our sin is gruesome. But he conquered our sin because the tomb was empty. We believe that. We believe in salvation. We believe that Jesus did all of this. He was humiliated. He was tortured. He was with 39 times. He did all of this for us. And the result of it 
and salvation. And listen, this is something we need to hold. This is something we need to fight for in everything we do. This is something we need to allow to determine our actions. What we need to be, we need to be like Paul when he says this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 2. He says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What's amazing is Paul, he's writing to the church in Corinthians, and he's saying, you know what? I've got a lot of thoughts. Paul was a smart guy. In fact, he was super, he was one of the most intelligent, one of the most religious scholar leaders at that time. He knew all these things, and this is what he said when he said to the Corinthians. He says, you know what? I know nothing besides the fact that Jesus was crucified for me. Everything is based on Jesus being crucified. Everything is based on that salvation. He's saying he literally can't get over what Jesus did for him, what Jesus did for each and every one of us. And the truth is we have to be the same way. We have to fan the flame of salvation. And we believe that we are saved because Jesus conquered death. Again, he was crucified, but he was resurrected as well. Matthew chapter 28, verses 5 through 8. Says the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him again. Now I've told you. So I don't know about you, but when somebody tells me that they're going to die and be risen again, and then they do it, I'm going to follow. At Life Change Church, that's what we do. We believe in salvation. We believe in salvation because there's an empty tomb. And because there's an empty tomb, we have no empty promises. Because we have an empty tomb, we have hope and we have salvation. Jesus conquered death and we hold on to that. Right? We allow that to determine how we do it. Because he didn't just do it for me. He didn't just do it for you. But he did it for all the people you know. These are the five things that determine as church how we behave. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to fan into flame these things. Rekindle these beliefs. Let these be the core of who you are. Let God, let Jesus, let the Holy Spirit, let the Bible, let the salvation determine what you do. Because these are things that are worth suffering for. These are some things that we, to be honest, we need to be closed-fisted on. These are some things that as a church we're going to hold on to. And if you're here right now and you're like, yeah, I don't believe that. I'm going to just be honest. You're probably never going to change my mind. You're never going to change the church's mind. And it just might not be the place for you. Now, there's other things. There's other things that were more open-handed. See, the thing about beliefs, beliefs determine how we behave, but beliefs can also be very divisive sometimes. And I think what happens too many times is I think we use our beliefs. Instead of furthering the kingdom of God, we divide the kingdom of God. And there's some times and there's some things that we need to let go of. If you look at Paul, he had some beliefs and he had some strong beliefs on certain things. But again, what did he say? He says, I can't get over what Jesus did. What I'm going to do is I'm going to stick with what Jesus did. I'm going to stick to the gospel. I'm going to stick to the core. I'm going to stick to these things. And then everything else, we're going to let go. In fact, this is what he said in 2 Timothy, a chapter later in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. He's telling Timothy, he says, keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words if it is of no value and only ruins those who listen. So he's telling Timothy, he says, keep reminding people. Keep reminding people of the core. Keep reminding people of the gospel. Keep reminding people of salvation, right? But anything else, be careful with. Anything else, 
any other words, any other, any other preferences, be careful with. Because what it does, it causes ruin to those who listen. It is of no value. Listen, those are some strong words that Paul's saying. But the truth is, I've seen many people walk away from Jesus because of things that aren't related to the gospel. You probably know of people that have walked away from Jesus because of things not related to who he truly is. Things not related to God. Things not related to the Holy Spirit. Things not related to, to the Bible and even salvation. And the truth is it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to us. That it's only a glimpse of how much it breaks God's heart. So there's some things. There's some things that we need to fan in the flame with. But there's also some things that we need to let go. So I want to challenge you, fan in the flame of the gospel. And then number two, let go of everything else. Right, hold on to the gospel, but in everything else, let go. Operate with grace, operate with mercy, operate with love. And listen, this can be a tough step for many of us. Because I think what happens oftentimes what we do is we fall into the trap of placing our preference over the priority. And let me just let you in on a little secret on this one. This happens more and more in those who have followed Jesus longer. And I know this because I struggle with this. And there's this little thing called judgment that creeps up. Like there's this little thing of, oh, we've always done it that way, so let's just keep doing that way. But it doesn't even, it was never scripture. It was never salvation related. It was just a preference. And it creeps up and up and up. I want to challenge us to get back to the gospel and to let go of everything else. Get back to salvation. Get back to the Bible. Get back to the Holy Spirit. Get back to God. Get back. Jesus. Think about it. Do you place your preference over priority? Do you place your preference over the gospel? Do you place your preference over salvation? See, I think the sad thing is, I think many times we put roadblocks. We put roadblocks up in front of salvation. There's many times there's things that we do and preferences that we have that truly cheapen the gospel, that truly cheapen that everything Jesus did for us. And listen, if we're choosing preference over priority, we're cheapening the gospel in what it truly is. Salvation was never meant to have roadblocks. So understand this. If it's not a salvation issue, it's not worth the fight. So let go. Political issues, let go of it. Your opinions on raising children, other people's children, let go of it. Your opinions between private, public, homeschool, let go of it. Your opinion on other people's social media posts and the fact that maybe you're even trolling and baiting people, let go of it, right? Your, your opinion of other people's lifestyles and their life decisions and their life issues, listen, you probably got some of your own. You might want to pay attention to those first. Let go of it, right? No, it may not be worth the fight. And no, your preference doesn't never takes precedence over the priority of salvation. And know this, your preference will never take precedence over the person. And Jesus died for the person. He died for that person that you may be judging. He died for that person that may be going through, through an issue in life. He died for that person that may be in a different stage of life. I want to challenge you. If it's not a salvation issue, 
What we believe determines how we behave. So ask yourself, what do you believe? Are there some things that you need to fan in to flame? Do you need to fan into flame your belief in God and the fact that he's a good father? Do you need to fan the flame in, the, in your belief in Jesus and that he is the Savior? Do you need to fan the flame the, the belief in the Holy Spirit and the fact that you might need a helper wherever you are? Do you need to fan the flame the fact that you believe in the Bible and your belief, it might need to be stirred into action by opening your Bible this week. you need to fan into flame your belief in salvation? Or is there something you need to let so maybe there's some adjustments that you need to make in your life. Maybe there's some adjustments that you need to make in your life so when you look back at your past, you don't live with it. Maybe there's some adjustments that you need to make in your life so that you can live on purpose. Maybe there's some adjustments that you need to make in your life just so you know who you truly are. I would challenge you to make that happen this week. If you would, pull out your Connect card in the seat back in front of you. Again, we want everyone to fill this out. If you're a first-time guest, we ask you to fill this out completely. And that's all we ask for you to, to turn in. And you can turn that in either at the offering basket or at the Connect Center at the back, and we'll have a gift for you. But it's our way, really, to, to connect with you and know where you are. And maybe you're here today as, as you're filling out this connection card. Maybe for you, maybe you need to fan into flame something. Maybe you need to fan into flame a belief, and maybe it's salvation. Maybe you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior. Listen, if that's you, I want to give you that opportunity right now. What you can do on that Connect card you can simply check mark the box that says, I want, to, I want to make a commitment to follow Christ with my life. And then what I want you to do is I want you to believe. I want you to fan into flame the belief of who Jesus truly is. I want you to fan the belief, the fact that he died for your salvation. Accept his forgiveness for your sins. Receive him in your life and then live out. Live out his will for your life. Maybe here today, maybe God's asking you to do something. Yeah, maybe it's fanning the, the flame of another belief of, of of using the Bible, utilizing it every day, or maybe for you, maybe, maybe you've been a Christian a long time and that little thing called judgment keeps sneaking up. And it's time to let's go. So whatever it is, I challenge you to write it out and then live it out as well. And there's also a place for a prayer request as well. You would take this moment to fill that out and get any tithes or offerings ready, and then Daryl will be up to explain the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.